to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with a nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show, show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. Today is a bit of a different episode. I've got not one, not two, but five interviews. So enjoy these conversations. Back in January, I went to, I attended online, Protospiel Online. I got to hang out and be a guest speaker. It was really, really fun to see all of these really unique designs new designers, some experienced designers coming together, playtesting each other's games, playtesting just games and giving feedback and shaping the games of tomorrow. So I'm not going to introduce the guests, but they'll introduce themselves. And then uh, the final one will be Heather, who's been on the show before. She's the main coordinator of it all. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. So here you go. Hi, I'm Jack Rosetree. I'm a games designer that uh, does a little bit of everything. Uh, tabletop RPGs, board games, card games, whatever I can get my hands in. I also uh, work in a retail game shop running marketing and online sales. I do uh, pretty much anything in the gaming industry that I can get my hands on. How was your protospiel? Did you have a good time? Uh, super awesome. Super awesome. Um, got to play a few games that really like changed my perception of the way some things could be uh put together and, uh, got a couple play tests in on a game that i thought was done and then it completely changed course within protospiel particularly because it's a memory game and i played it with somebody that has an eidetic memory and they just fundamentally broke the whole thing so i changed quite a lot about it and now it's a bit more of there's a lot of memory elements but there's also some push your luck elements uh in there and uh it's a totally different thing but it's a million times better than where it was so i'm super excited that is really awesome and wow what a what an experience <laughs> you know yeah. where else would you get that play test at what what games did you have? Did you have one game, multiple games? So so there were only two that I play tested. I have a lot of stuff kind of in my back pocket that I just kind of play test whenever I get around to it. But the two that I ran at Protospiel, uh, the the memory game is called Spellbook Shuffle, and it started off as a uh, kind of a last person standing memory game where you're flipping over spell tiles and spinning your your tiles around and flipping your your spell book uh board and then you're trying to remember where everything is and what it's turned into uh after those play tests is now it's a fully cooperative dungeon delver with survival memory elements and so uh one player might might have to flip over extra tiles and you can decide at the table who needs to do that and another player might need to flip over specific specifically a fire tile and you can discuss you know who's most likely to be able to find theirs and it's really become a much more social game which i love about it and then the other game which is kind of a joke kind of uh, a 
game design for the sake of the art is called It's Complicated. And the whole point is to make as complicated a game as possible while still making something that people are willing to play more than once. And so it's a two-player game with a chessboard, a, a set of playing cards, a, a Snakes and Ladders style uh, racetrack, a resource uh, track, and then you roll dice and you use the dice for a worker placement element, which gives you actions on the various sectors of the game. The one playtest I ran actually ended in the first round with a victory, uh, which is something that can happen uh, based on the way that you're playing the dice. So you you actually have to play pay a lot of attention to that fifth element, which is the meta element in the game. Um, and that playtest went phenomenally well. Uh, in fact, I had two questions at the end of it. One was, would you play this again? And both players said yes. And the other question was, would you remove anything? And there was a long pause, and both players said, no. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. So, yeah, because ending after one round, granted, that's like, uh, maybe it's somewhat rare. It could be, but mm-hmm. either way, it's quick enough that you're like, well, that was interesting. Let's go again. You know, like, did right, they go right. again? Uh, they did not because we didn't have time, but it was okay. definitely. And and I think they recognized within the scope of the game that it ended in the first round because of the way that they played. And the next time that they play, you can be a little more defensive uh, if if another player can end it on the first round and to, and win, uh, or you can play a little more aggressively if you think that you can get that that play through. So um, it felt really good to to have that play test, and that was only honestly the second play test of the whole structure. Uh, because it was made as such a joke that the first time I play tested it, it was such an excruciating experience for the play testers. They were like, never, ever bring this to the table ever again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that was kind of the point. Um, and, and my goal a little bit was I want to make a bunch of different structures in this game. And then if one of them turns into a, a another game great fantastic wonderful like that that's a really good experience um but it's kind of become this monster unto itself that uh i think may have a life of its own that's incredible that sounds like a really interesting experience to to play it with that you know and play in that sort of realm of possibilities so i like that idea very clever (laughs) um with both what are the names of them uh, so, that? yeah, it's uh, I think I did. Uh, Spellbook Shuffle is the memory game. And then It's Complicated is the complicated game. Okay. That's what I knew. It's a very, it's very simple one. title yes. for the It's compl- for the complicated <laughs> game. <laughs> so what are your plans for them at this point? At the moment, like I, I've decided that I'm not the right person to publish my own games. Um, I've had notoriously bad luck uh, with with trying to get my games out there. So honestly, what what I tend to do is I throw them up on ScreenTop, which is a free uh, browser-based uh, uh, virtual tabletop. People can play them for free. I share them out. I make sure that they're in a state where people can play them without me being there. And then, you know, if they get in front of the right person, fantastic. But mostly, I just, I enjoy the game design side of things. I don't want to spend all of my time pitching those games i'd rather just move on to another game and eventually if they find their way to the right hands fantastic (laughs) that's awesome yeah that's a great output and if you don't mind i can put those links in the episode description as well absolutely sweet so what about outside of your games 
Were mm-hmm. there some other games that you played or some highlights from Protospiel for you? Yeah, so there, there, there's two I want to give some extra love to. Um, the first is called Scars of Aether by uh, Maya Thomas. And in in like I do a lot of playtesting, uh, sometimes weekly, sometimes uh, almost daily. And there are a lot of games that we playtest that uh, are referred to as dudes on a map. And it's, uh, you know, you've got, you've got characters running around on a map you know, slapping, hitting, throwing fireballs at each other. Um, a lot of people try to make this work, and uh, most of them tend to be very slow. Like most of them tend to make the same mistakes that every other designer makes when when making these dudes on a map type games. Maya's game fixes like almost everything and and when i sat down it was like the end of an evening it was like my last play test i wasn't even like really certain i wanted to play test but i was like i'll give i'll give one more a shot and i sit down and i see what's laid out before me and i have this like sinking feeling of oh no it's dudes on a map and then maya starts explaining it and this whole thing comes together and the energy that characters use to move around and fight is also their health. And so systemically, one, you've made this really elegant, like everything kind of funnels into this one system. So you don't have to track health and energy and, you know, like combat, like everything is part of this one system. And then the other thing is that systemically, when something is damaged, it's also slower, which just makes sense. And so, it makes it a little more easy for somebody to, you know, kind of prey upon the damaged enemies and focus stuff down. Whereas there's a lot of games that don't really have that or they have it, but it's very clunky. And so it was just like, it was, it was a revolutionary experience for me uh, having sat down for that because it was, it was so unexpected to like have this like, Oh, it's dudes on a map. Oh wait, it's dudes on a map, but in the way that it, it really could be, quite phenomenal and then the other one is uh flotsam falls uh, by ryan i'm, I'm gonna brutalize the last name bocher or bocher and it's it's a city building game but the way it works is you're collecting city tiles that are floating down a river and pulling them onto your board in the spot that they're at and um it's a two-player game and 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 i'm normally not a big two-player game which is why uh scars of aether was so surprising for me because i was like really getting into it but you're you're collecting these tiles and they they score points in different ways it's a beautiful game because you've got these tiles like sitting on the river and you've got you know all these modular kind of uh scoring mechanics depending on the type of tile and it was just it was it was a nice it, it was um stressful in that you've got you know two players really pushing and pulling and like every tile i take is a tile they can't but at the same time it kind of does have that re- relaxing element that like you can sit down you could play this in a coffee shop my wife and i would absolutely love to play this um it would definitely cause fights between us but in a good way and and i just like that's one that i definitely want to keep an eye out for when it's when it's out there that is awesome it's cool to hear the innovation that comes through new designers right or Mm -hmm. people who are just in the space maybe indie designers who get to play around a little more i was gonna limit this to 10 minutes but i'm realizing now (laughs) that's really not that long you're ready for some rapid fire sure well and some of them are going to be board game related some aren't Last officially released board game you played? Yeah, it was. It, I, I played Concordia, which uh, is is just a really great game. It came out a few years ago. I'd say a few years ago, but now it's probably like ten or or eight. 
but it's it's a really good game. My first experience with it was terrible because it normally takes like an hour to an hour and a half, and the people I played with made it take four hours. But oh. uh, it's it's just a really great game that um, anybody that likes kind of deck building elements with um, territory control uh, should definitely try out. Hobbies outside of board gaming cooking uh my wife and i like to make stuff together when we have the time and energy uh lately we haven't because we're we're also buying our first house uh which we're super excited about um but uh beyond that um uh video games nerdy tv and movies uh my wife and i've been watching uh severance which has been incredibly good we're going to touch on some of those in a minute but because immediately favorite food is my next question Ooh, um, probably sushi. Yeah. Just, just all kinds of sushi. What's, I'm going to add this on just for you, favorite food to make. Uh, baked potatoes. It's, it's nice and simple. Uh, I usually wrap them in bacon, uh, while they're, they're cooking and, uh, they are very flexible after the fact to add to pretty much anything. Love that. That sounds amazing. Favorite place you've traveled to. This is going to sound super cheesy, but uh, my wife and I moved to Indianapolis about uh, two years ago, and it's it is our current favorite place to be and to have traveled to. Um, I've, I've been I've been around to a few places. Uh, I, I grew up in Florida, lived in New York. Um, I've been to England and, and Canada, but uh, really uh, one of the reasons that we're buying a house here and putting down roots is that we're just super happy being here. It's it's a lovely town and the food culture here is fantastic. That's incredible. Favorite weather? Rain. What's your favorite video game? Uh, I keep going back and playing Final Fantasy Tactics. It's just like no matter how many times i play it uh I, I i love to go back and just try out new combinations of classes uh you know do little like challenge runs there's a lot of nostalgia there but there's also like like the fact that i can play it on my phone every once in a while i go back and i just spend a crazy amount of time um grinding for very specific class combinations and whatnot favorite movie and or tv show favorite movie is very difficult um favorite recent movie i'd have to say uh prey the uh the predator uh movie was just incredibly well done favorite movie to just kind of watch when when i need like that kind of nostalgia hit or uh you know stupid fun is uh the speed racer movie by the wachowski siblings it's so incredibly good it does not get as much love as it deserves uh that's all that's the end of the rapid fire so perfect. Well done. You passed. All of them were right <laughs> answers. Thanks so much for joining me, Jack. Why don't you go ahead and plug your social media, website, whatever you've got to plug. And we will put links in the episode description. Yeah. So my name is Jack Rosetree. Uh, and if you look that up, there are very few of us out there. Um, you can find me. My my board game stuff is on screentop.gg. Sorry, screentop.gg. My experimental and RPG stuff is on itch.io. I have a little bit of stuff everywhere. Uh, and actually, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through Discord. And if you're a member of any number of uh, Discord uh, board game discords, uh, there's a good chance that we share a server. I'm Amanda. I am a moderator for Protospiel Online, and I am a hobby game player and game designer. Nothing professional or official necessarily. <laughs> but that's where we all start, right? 
You just get a little taste, first one's free, and then you keep on coming back for more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how they get you. Uh-huh. <laughs> that really is. There's so many parallels there because it's like, you, we all get started by going to game night. We haven't spent any money. Somebody uh-huh. else did it. Oh, boy. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, ask well, me how I just spent $130 on a Kickstarter for a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jewel, it's... Probably not the most expensive thing you've backed this year or will be. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly, you know, you didn't have a game at Protospiel Online. You don't have a game fully designed or anything like that out there. You're in that process. But how did you come to be a moderator for Protospiel? So the story that uh, is very similar to what we were just talking about. I found board games and uh, then I started going to a local board game night that Heather was at because she lives like a mile away from me. And then she invited me to this crazy event called Protospiel Denver. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Like board games that aren't really in existence yet and you can just like play around with the rules. That sounds amazing. So Protospiel Denver happened in March of 2020. And so it was a whole entire deal. Like it was the weekend before lockdown actually got officially announced. And it was a little bit like crazy times, but like actually playing the games and interacting with the game designers was incredible. It was so much fun. And so I was like, Heather, how do I do more of this? She's like, well, right now you can't, but I'm working on this Protospiel online deal. And so I've been there since the very beginning, beginning, and it's so much fun to be a moderator at Protospiel. <laughs> so how many Protospiel onlines have you moderated? How many has there been? Okay, so there was the first one was invitation only. And then she started opening it up to more and more people. And then she started to try to do it four times a year and that was too much. So we cut back to three times a year. So I want to say there was definitely four in 2021. There was two probably in 2020, eight, nine, there's been at least 10. There's been at least 10, if not 11. If I think this one that we just had in January was probably 11, Uh, but you'll have to ask her officially. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe I didn't ask that when I had her on for her whole episode. But oh, she's gonna, she'll she'll be back on for this episode, I think. Yeah. So, what is what have been some highlights of like both moderating and just like your protospiel online experience? So, moderating, I like to call it the moderating game because you're an air traffic controller trying to make sure that everybody ends up where they need to be and. Well, a lot of times what will happen is like three different designers will post three different things all at once and they all need a four player count, but there's only like six people in the room. And you're like, well, somebody has to bend a little bit. Maybe we can send three and three and then promise to play this game after. But it's really fun. I, I like spreadsheets and organizing things. So it makes it very fun to organize people and data into these sets so that they can go and have fun. It's organization for fun purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Field Online has been incredible. Uh, as it's grown and grown, we've gotten more and more international people. And I mean, you know, this is the new era of, well, a lot of my friends are online. So I feel like I've made a lot of friends online and people that I see every single Protospiel, like like Zoe, like Joe Slack, like uh, Joachim from 
Poland, like Kirsten from New Zealand, like all of these people are just incredible people that are so much fun to be around. <laughs> and it just, Heather has nurtured this supportive and I don't know, just really what lovely community around protospiel and everybody's supportive and happy and nobody's ever coming in being grumpy and having a bad time. I mean, it's hard to have a bad time when you haven't playing games, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree. It is a very unique experience and beautiful. Like the community there is amazing. It's bravo. <laughs> bravo. And that goes reflects on, you know, Heather and you as a moderator and all the other moderators, you all play a, oh, yeah. an important role. Yeah, we we enjoy making sure that everything is is uh, is a good time and nobody feels bad or left out or has any terrible feelings about anything. It's it's uh, it's pretty easy to moderate, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. That well, yeah, I'm sure that that's the um, there was a lot of hard work that went behind that. We've I think we absolutely talked about some of that at absolutely one of the coffee talks. Yeah, yeah. What was a highlight? What were some game highlights for you that you got to play? All right. So I played, I usually, my work schedule is so crazy busy. I have time for my two moderating shifts and that's it. So I get to play the moderator game and that's it. All protospiel. This time I created the space to actually play games. I got to play games for like 10 hours one day and it was amazing. So I do not recall every single game I played, but one of the highlights was Pirates of the High Tees. And it was a game where you're making these uh, recipes and you, oh, I'm going to forget the actual name for it. I want to say it's trick taking, but it's better than that because there's bonus points and there's a lot of interactions. And I think Emily Vincent is the one that designed that. And we were trying to figure out a way to get uh, cards from the market. And some of our feedback was to include sword fighting to fight over the cards. And so I can't wait to see the next iteration of that. Um, another one that I played was Flot- Flotsam Falls. Flotsam? Flotsam? I don't know Flotsam. how to say that right. Flotsam. Flotsam. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that is a kind of a tile placement game. And I am in love with tile placement games. Like, I didn't even know what this game was about. And he said, tile placement. I'm like, in, put me in, put me in coach. I'm ready. <laughs> That's my whole jam. Um, and that was fun because the tiles would continuously move towards the end of the screen and they would fall off if you didn't claim them. And you're like trying to build all these different walkways and pathways. It was a bunch of fun. And then of course, uh, Squirrel Coral by Joe Slack. I think it's like 99.999% done. And it's so cute. <laughs> I was really curious about that one. What what was that one? How I mean, sounds like it's almost done, so it must have been a good time. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's a super casual game. It's I think it's kind of like leaning towards being family friendly because you're like three little squirrels running around. Each person has three squirrels, and there is a tr- like a field in the middle, and you go and you gather up all of these different ingredients, whether it's nuts or seeds or apples or walnuts or things like that. And you bring them back to your little tree, little hole in a tree. And then once you get enough, you can flip that over and claim the points. And there's multipliers for the scoring. Like Joe has a very specific scoring system that he likes to use uh, where it's like 
apples are worth six points a piece. And then I think it's bananas and berries. If you get a combo of the two of them, then you start getting points for each of those. And then also making points for collection sets. Like he has a very specific scoring system and it works out so nicely and it's so balanced and it's just fantastic. But the squirrels are super cute. And like you have a fast squirrel that can run around really fast and only carry one thing, or you have a slow squirrel that's like, he can only go one space, but he can carry so much more. So he's, yeah, it's just adorable. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds really clever and adorable. I love that. Well, what about you? So you didn't have a game designed here, but what, what game are you working on? So I've had a game that I've had on my mind for a couple years, I think now. Um, Protospiel used to do a design jam way back when we were figuring out what would what would stick and what wouldn't. And so there was design jam, like ideas and contest ideas. And at some point, there was some sort of idea of like kids playing or some sort of idea of, geez, I can't even remember the exact prompt for it. I'd have to go back and look at the old old archives. But anyhow, my idea is you are building a treehouse in your neighborhood. Of course, it's going to be a tile laying game. But the idea is you are building the best treehouse to get the most people over to your house based on like you have the coolest stuff, like you have the cool mom that makes the snacks, you have the dad that like plays ball with you guys. And then like bad cards would be like the neighborhood Billy bully comes over and he like shakes the tree and some stuff falls out or still an idea, still in progress. (laughs) I like that. That sounds like a fun idea there. You've got a good start there. So yeah. Yeah. It's have you made any sort of prototyping or anything? So I got inspired to start playing around with Screentop GG because some other people were talking about translating their games into different platforms. And so I started watching one of the tutorials that we have about how to make, I think it was David and Zoe that have put together, it's about an hour and a half long tutorial of how to make like the components and the containers and all of the pieces for that. Um, and I'm about... 20 minutes into that tutorial right now. And I think I have like a board and a container. (laughs) So it's, it's not a lot, but it's something. (laughs) Yeah. It's something you're getting started. That's exciting. Yeah. This is like going to be one of the normal questions and I know you're really early on it for it, but what would be the dream of it? Would you want to pitch it, self publish it, just kind of a fun home style thing? I feel like I am not we were talking before we got started recording. I am not great at self-promoting, so I definitely don't think I could self-publish it. Because Protospiel Online is such a large community and it's growing all the time, we have access to a few publishers through that. So once it is more of a completed state and gone through Protospiel probably a couple times uh, and figured out all the kinks and weird things, I would probably talk directly to publishers there and see if it would be something that they would want to pick up. But if it doesn't take all the way off, I'm completely fine with it just being a prototype forever. That's completely okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And being able to have it available on uh, tabletop, on screen top or whatever it is, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. Like people could still go play it even if it doesn't get published. That's the beauty of this world. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm very attached to the all the open source ideas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, are you ready? Do you want to say anything else about Protospiel Online before we move to rapid fire questions? Protospiel Online is a fantastic event. I'm absolutely in love with it. It is so much fun. Please come play with me. I always take the opening shift and the closing shift because closing shift is protospiel after dark. Put like little <laughs> sparkles everywhere. <laughs> um, and uh, I think the next one is on May 5th. That sounds about right. Yeah, because we were making jokes about it being on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Probably. <laughs> They're easy questions. Okay. Okay. Okay, last officially released board game you played? I played Mansions of Madness last night with my son. Oh, and do you play that often? I don't, I wasn't no, going to do follow-up. That's <laughs> okay. I just got it because I played it a couple years ago, and I, got, I bought it in the mail for myself for Christmas, and I'd been meaning to buy it for a long time, and this was the first time we actually opened the box and played it and got all the figures out, so it was... I intend to play a lot more. <laughs> That's exciting. That's been on my list for a really long time, like three okay, years. Come probably. over and play. Come over and play. Perfect. I got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hobbies outside of board gaming. Hobbies outside of board gaming. So when I'm not board gaming and I'm not working, I pretend that I am an aerialist. <laughs> I have been doing uh, aerial sling for about five years now. I teach uh, two days out of the week, and I probably train five days out of the week, depending on the week. But is that the... Like, think Cirque du Soleil with all, like, the things they are, like, flipping around in the air. They're getting themselves all tied up. It's it's very circusy. I've nice. tried a lot of different apparatuses. Like, I've tried silks and sling and trapeze, and I've tried rope and what else? Loop straps, regular straps. There's all kinds of stuff you can do with that. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, if this board game thing doesn't work out, I'm going to run away and join the circus, and that'll be fine, too. <laughs> yeah, good alternative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite food? I would say probably right now, it's specifically Pad Siu, which is from the Thai food place with the long, like, boingy noodles. Those are delicious, but I get hyper-focused on a food. And then after, like, six months, I'm like, okay, I don't need to eat that ever again. But right now, that's what it is. <laughs> Great choice. Uh, favorite place you've traveled to? I got to go to England and France uh, for the D-Day anniversary a few years ago. It was in 2019, and that was a school trip with my son. And that was an incredible trip. But probably my favorite place that I got to go, we were in England and our our groups kind of like split off. And somehow I found myself alone, even though I was supposed to be chaperoning. And I was like, well, everything's taken care of. I'm going to go check this out. I found this little free museum that was like a building built on top of castle ruins. And it was just incredible to walk around and go in there and see all this stuff. And like the top part had... Uh, tapestries and old uh, artifacts and things. And it was just a beautiful, serene, quiet moment all to myself, even though I was on a big giant school trip with like 60 or 70 other people. That sounds awesome. Uh, favorite weather? Summer. Summer. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Sun, you like sunny and hot? Yeah. My favorite state of being is just about to sweat. <laughs> so i'm freezing right now it's ugh, yeah <laughs> are you a video gamer yes what do you play I, 
I am currently replaying Final Fantasy IX, and I also am uh, having a lot of fun going through the Switch library and finding games like indie games that are like under $5 and just see what kind of silliness is around. Um, I also just recently got Hades, which is way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like, I get it. Like, I saw it got all the awards. I'm like, what's the big deal? A bunch of games get a lot of awards. But it was, even though you keep on dying over and over and you restart, it's 100% my jam. I like it. <laughs> I had the same feeling. And when I tried it, I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. Exceeds yeah. expectations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, fav- favorite movie and or TV show? That is a tough one. I would say favorite TV show is probably definitely Schitt's Creek because that's the one that I keep on going back to and rewatching over and over and over. And it's like the comfort show that's just kind of on in the background. And you're like, oh, yeah, this part, a helmet. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'll just stick with that. (laughs) Perfect. That's it. There we go. Rapid fire done. Yes. (laughs) Not as hard as I thought it was going (laughs) to (laughs) be. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Amanda. Why don't you go ahead and plug your social media or or anything you want? Okay. Um, I'm not super big. I'm, I'm a person that consumes the media. I don't really put a lot out there. I put more out in the physical world. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Sweary Tell Princess. I am Sweary Tell Princess on Discord. I am, let's see, I'm on Facebook, I think still, but don't follow me there. I don't check it anymore. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you have a cool podcast that you do like this, I follow your podcast now, by the way. If it's on Spotify, send me your podcast recommendations. I listened to over 700 hours of podcasts last year. So I have a problem. (laughs) That is really awesome. Yeah, I have a a desk job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that answers that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Hello, it's Mandy from Rock Frog Games, and I'm the one who brought uh, Leap of Faith to Protospiel Online. How was your Protospiel Online? Oh, it was great. So it was the first one I actually attended. Technically the second, because i that's the second badge I brought bought but like i didn't actually attend the first one because i didn't know what was going on in this in the server and i was like okay i'm just gonna say it's fine because the money's going to charity haha (laughs) (laughs) and then this past uh january i actually did a 10 and i got some uh, i got two tests in for leap of faith our game and then i played four other games from um four other designers that's awesome. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, money well worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, I paid for a designer badge this time, so I better make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leap of Faith, tell us what the theme of it is. There's a calamity oncoming, and you are the frogs who have decided to start a cult. At the end of the world. That's what you do, right? So, you are the frogs who started a cult at the end of the world who would, like, to help your fellow brethren to appease the god and ascend to avoid the oncoming calamity. It is a a competitive engine builder game, and it's for two to four players. Awesome. Yeah, you started to say the mechanisms right there. So do you want to explain how those kind of work with the game? We have three decks of cards, 
in which two of them would be for uh you would play it in front of you in your play area and that would be your call and they will generate resources for you which um which is just uh fly tokens which is the currency of the game and like attract followers which your your followers are everything <laughs> they they basically are the actions they upgrade your cards and they amount to some extra points at the end of the game as well yeah the third deck is the tarot deck uh which is more of just like magic one time effect cards that you play um where either they boost you or they sabotage others and then there's like three ways to gain devotion which one is to complete milestone quests and then the one is to give offerings and then the last one which is a bit more new is uh to ascend your followers early i literally just send them off to the other realm now <laughs> and you just gain um devotion immediately um and you're gonna try to well ideally you're gonna try to end the game earlier than 12 rounds it lasts for 12 rounds but if you hit 50 devotion then you will uh end the game at the end of the current round yeah that's how it plays for now if i actually need to explain the rules so it takes longer because there's just a bunch of moving parts games get complicated right well and they're not it's not necessarily that it's complicated it's just that, like you have to follow these rules and then you have fun yeah it's like there's like a handful of stuff in there and then they all do a lot it's like it's not like our game is not like super complicated but it like apparently it still takes me like 20 30 minutes to like explain the rules because they just kind of do a lot and especially the cards themselves um, there's like the card effect and then there's like the card upgrade and you have to like understand how to read it and then there's like the card type and then the card cost where like yeah like the cards are like they're not the most complicated but they're they have a s- stuff on them a lot of stuff on them yeah yeah that makes sense so how did proto spiel online help did you get any feedback things you need to change update things that are going good yeah, yeah. Um, I did two tests. After the first test, I made like a small minor change, and then I did another test. Um, <laughs> the second test was like surprising. It's really funny. Um, well, I-, I did the second test because I wanted to test the minor changes that I did, but then it went a completely different way, and it was pretty funny. It got scary at first because I didn't, I didn't think our game could be bum rushed anymore, but apparently that happened. <laughs> Oh. A player a player got to 40 out of 50 on round 6 and was like, wait, how is that possible? But then the other two players caught on and they dragged the entire game up to round 12. I was like, holy crap. And it was like, it was like the most competitive game I've seen so far. Because like the other two players had to like actively stop the third player. <laughs> wow. I was like, I've not seen the game played like this. Until that day, I was like, holy crap. It was really interesting to watch because I didn't know that was possible. But also, um, technically, it only happened because they were new players. Well, that sounds fun. It sounds like it was a success, which is great. Yeah, I got a lot of resources from that test as well. What are your goals for the game? Like uh, self-publish? You want to pitch it around? Not entirely sure yet with publishing. It's kind of like... 
I don't know. We haven't entirely decided we want to do publisher or self-publishing. So for the listening that I did for Protospiel, I just wrote, I just put in both because we yeah. haven't decided yet. It's kind of just like we, we were thinking about Kickstarter at least. Okay. So you said that you played four other games. The first one that I played is called A Taste for the King, which is by Der- Derwent Reddy. I hope I read his name right. And that is a social game. Yeah, it's a set collection social game. It was alright. Uh, I say that mainly because I'm not the best at social games. <laughs> um, so it was like, I- I'm definitely not the target audience for this kind of game. It was like, I just wanted to test. I, I just wanted to play someone's game. So like I just hopped on the first one that was available. So uh, yeah, I played that one. But it was still pretty cool. Nice. Uh, and then the second one that I played is Nova Raiders by uh, Roger McLo- I can't read that last name. M-E-L-O-C-H-E. Melick? I, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Read it. <laughs> Roger. Um, I actually wanted to play uh, his, what's it called? Arachnid. I wanted to play Arachnid. The, uh... He was trying to test Arachnid, and I wanted to play it because that one was the game that was like, what, like spiders in like a radioactive silo. It's like a co-op game. You want, I think it was like something about taking over the world. And it's like, I really wanted to play it, but there was something wrong with the mod.io package. So we couldn't get into the room. So he pulled out Nova Raiders instead. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was not expecting that, but it was so simple that it just works and it was really fun. Like I was a little wary at first because it it was listed on there that it has a main like take that mechanic and I don't usually kind of like games with that much because I don't want to get too competitive, but then like no, it was like a really lighthearted fun game and it was like it was really funny as well that um it was me and two other people and roger was also playing so we had full four players and it was really funny nearing like the end game where i was kind of just like casually on the side like trying to get like the last of the stuff and then the other three of them were just like fighting over a single stack on the other side of the map it was really funny (laughs) that's awesome yeah, that one, that 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 was great. Uh, I tried catching, see if I could catch um, him uh, pulling up Arachnid again, but I couldn't catch it. I, I saw him in another room after I got out of my second test, but like, because the room already started, I can't play it. And it was like the last yeah. day, so ah, dang. I remember seeing that one too. I love co-op, so that one kind of interested me as well. I didn't get to play it either. So. I, I really want to try more co-op board games because i i wasn't even aware they existed because um i didn't i didn't play that many board games i usually play video games but i have played some but most of them were like most of them were competitive the only co-op ones i played i think were just like escape rooms i played like maybe okay a small two three of them those were still pretty interesting though (laughs) yeah uh i play positano by Jeff Christen Wade. I am butchering all the names. <laughs> names are tricky. <laughs> it's okay. All the names. But that one is more of a family game, and you are, let's see, 
You're trying to bid on rental properties on a cliffside Italian resort town. That one was pretty fun. Yeah, it's a pretty much of a family game because there's like blocks that would you you would put on on top of each other to actually build the buildings. Oh, that's so like, interesting. So I, I think it would really work well for like families. Um, and nice. that one was pretty interesting as well. We gave some feedback because for for that one in particular, the score the score gap was really large. <laughs> oh. So we were saying like probably maybe have something that could reduce the gap a little bit, but also it didn't feel that bad because it was so quick. And again, it's like so it's like pretty easy to pick up. It's so quick. So even if you like lose big time, it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah. Um, Because like there wasn't much to build up to it. You could just try again and see if you hit like the luck jackpot next time. The last one that I tested was called Pirate Booty by David Olet. <laughs> Something like that by David. Um, and it, this is, oh wow, he wrote Nearing Completion, but uh, I thought he said it was like a newer, came up with game. It, it's also kind of a social game, I'd say. It's, it's basically you're trying to find where the treasure is or something and you're basically trying to guess if anyone has this card in their hand and there's some information that goes out with cards that get discarded or like shown there's like card types um but it's still pretty simple it's like more of a newer game and he did mention that he was trying to figure a bunch of stuff out but yeah that game was still pretty interesting yeah, so that's were that were the four games that I tested during Wheel. and they were all a lot shorter than my game. My game is so long, like it's kind of like I wish my game wasn't that long because I wanted to like play more of other people's games, and also I just wanted to like test my game more. I was like, oh god, it's so long. I need like how long was your game? It it, it took like two three hours total. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it long, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, right? That you need games of different lengths and complexity and everything to balance out the industry. Really, like that's not necessarily a miss. Are you planning on trying to like shorten it up at all, or is that the length it should be? Would, would want to shorten up a li- at least a little bit, but two hours for an engine builder game is kind of okay. Yeah. Um, cause like I was looking at the other games, like especially Terraforming Mars, we were referencing that game like quite a bit. For the first test that I did that weekend, one of the playtesters was also like, yeah, like a two hour engine builder game seems about right. Yeah. Cause like you do need time to build up your engine cause it's an engine builder game. <laughs> like you want, you need time to build it up and then you need some time to be able to get the rewards like reap the rewards of what you build. So like it kind of has to be longer. Just need to make sure it doesn't drag too long. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is you want to leave people wanting more, not people feeling like, oh, this is dragging at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, let's do these last rapid fire questions. So just quick answers. Uh, You know, you don't have to put too much thought into it at all. This is just a quick way to get to know you. Last officially released board game you played. Last published game. I was about to say I haven't played in a while, but then I remembered I had to play board games for for that board game class I took. The only one I remember was Viticulture, but I didn't actually play it. My group played it. I was trying. I was trying to think of the other ones that I played. We played four during that class. 
I think the second one we played was Wingspan. I couldn't remember the third one we played because that would technically, I think that would technically be the, the last one that I played because I didn't play Viticulture. <laughs> Dang, I don't remember. I guess Wingspan, Viticulture, because I did have to at least look up what Viticulture was because we had to make a presentation for it. Hobbies outside of board gaming. I crochet. And I'm also an artist, so... Well, I wish I could say I do a lot of art, but I haven't had the time to really do too much of it. Though I would be making more of the art for uh, Leap of Faith, at least for these two weeks. Kind of just like approve a concept and make it a little less like a paper prototype and have more to show for. I do art. I am an artist. Sometimes I do fan art. Oh, I just did a small fan art last night. <laughs> um, and I crochet. I am currently making a mental health blanket. Yeah, I want to try that. It's going to be a year-long project. It's going to be for this entire year. And it's kind of just like, you write down how you feel every day. And then you put it on a ranking. And each ranking is associated with a yarn color. And then you make a part of the blanket and then you accumulate a lot and then you get like a giant blanket at the end of the year wow that's fascinating i feel like we could spend an entire episode exploring so many of what you just said but these rapid fire so i'm gonna go to the next one (laughs) favorite food Uh, i'm a little obsessed with mochi right now usually when people ask me for my favorite stuff i can never say that because it's like oh there are so many things that are good but right now I would say I would say mochi because I have a box in my drawer right now. Favorite place you've traveled to? Oh, New Zealand was also interesting. I was thinking either New Zealand or Japan. I haven't traveled too much lately. I'm kind of stuck here because of visa status. I'm an international student, that's why. But like before I got to America, um, my family traveled a fair amount. I would say either Japan or New Zealand. Japan was during my younger years. New Zealand, I mentioned it because like it, it's just pretty. Yeah, favorite weather or season, Never either one. Never thought about that. <laughs> Never thought about that. I guess I guess I would prefer to have a bit more sun, but not have it like scorching. Preferably a little bit more of a breeze so that it's like nicer. Where it, like just comfortable temperature is not too hot, but it's not like too cold. Yeah. Um, And then some sunlight because I do need some sunlight, (laughs) (laughs) even though I'm very much a night person. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, You'll I'm sure you have an answer for this one because of what you do. You're doing. But uh, favorite video game. Oh, I play Deep Rock Galactic too much right now. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's actually it's actually why we have our company name as Rock Frog Games. Favorite movie. I could tell you the most recent movie that I watched. I don't know. I can't think of a favorite right now. There's a lot of things I don't think of favorites. I just experience it. <laughs> but the most recent one that I watched was Avatar. The the new one with the, the Water Tribe. And that was it. That was the last question. Rapid fire. We got it. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm glad that you got to do so much at Protospiel Online. Sounds like you had a very successful one. But why don't you go ahead and plug your social media website or whatever else you need to plug. Yeah, so the main uh, main social media for uh, our game, Leap of Faith, is on Rockfrog Games on Instagram. Um, so Rockfrog, one word, underscore games. 
Uh, same thing on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We also have a uh, Discord server. Oh, there's also a there's also a YouTube channel that only has two videos on there right now. Probably would just be player guides is what I'm thinking. That's gonna go on there. Not sure if there's gonna be anything else just yet, but there is a YouTube channel which is also Rock Frog Games. My name is Mark Marino, and I make families with my. Well, let's try that. Can we, can we take 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 yeah, that? From the start? You can redo it. <laughs> families with my family. <laughs> take two. My name, my name is Mark Marino, and I make games with my family and friends. I guess you would say the one that I presented at this past Protospiel was called Dad Jokes. Make jokes like a dad. It is a uh, random flip and create game, I guess you might say, that I'm making with uh, Kevin Schaff and his family and uh, a game maker named Gary Justanen, who's from the computer game making world, worked on Tony Hawk and among other games. Oh, Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So we've been working on this game for uh, quite some time I, and bef- I can go into detail on these various ones, but then the other game that we presented at the last protospiel as well was called, um, or the one in May is called poser at the museum gala. And that's a game that I am, uh, only making with my family, pr- primarily my daughter. It's a, uh, hidden role game. That's about snobbery and imposter syndrome and the pompousness of the high, high art world so wow. those those are our two two games our two board related games that that we're we're working on right now that's awesome yeah so we we kind of got the theme of them right there and a little bit of the mechanisms i got to play dad jokes which was Yay. very fun i i enjoyed it i got so nervous because you know in the game you give like kind of the setup of a joke and we have to fill in the rest right right come up with the pun often come up with a punchline although there were some advanced players during protospiel who said you know forget forget your joke helper i can i can do this on my own and they and they they did they would come up with their own but you're right you're right there is something about the first round of that game that fills people uh unless they're like you know, class clowns, class comedians, that kind of person who loves to tell jokes or make up jokes or whatever. It, it fills a lot of people with dread. And I, and I will mention the previous version of this game emphasized what we called the Texas Hold'em style that was a competitive, more like Punderdome or, um, or Puns of Anarchy. But the current version of the game, because it's really about family fun, emphasizes cooperative play. And so everybody cooperatively is trying are trying to come up with jokes that meet criteria that again is also randomly chosen that's from our deck of sense of humor cards. So so the three elements are the poppics, which is your topic for your joke, the go ask your mother card, which gives you kind of a, a template for the joke where you fill in the blanks, and then you're trying to meet one of the criteria, which is the the sense of humor that could be anything from it could be the funniest joke, or it could be the cringiest joke, or it could be the one that is farm funny that mentions the most, you know, farm animals or farm related material. You had lots of different categories that could be met there, which I thought was great because it gave sort of like a direction that you could go. You could look at those and be like, oh, okay, yeah, like I need to tell a story joke for this one. And you're just trying to get like three in a row, right? Like this three by three grid. 
get three in a row and you win. And it, and it takes, it's meant to take the pressure off of being funny. And also, I mean, let's keep in mind, dad jokes historically are, are not necessarily funny <laughs> at all, right? And so we found this, the random criteria, again, sort of helps share the wealth, right? Because at the end of the day, we want people to be having fun, to be having a good time, to be enjoying each other's jokes, <clears throat> whether they're groaning or, or, or actually laughing, you know, all of those are acceptable. And then that means that it's a game, again, in our playtesting at least, that seems to, to work well for especially families with lots of different ages, right? Because we, we want the eight-year-old who's at the table to be able to, to win around just as much as the 80-year-old can win around, you know? Yeah, and it was fun for, for adults to play, you know? I think in my play, the other two, we, we were all in our like mid to late 30s. Uh, and we, like we were saying, like, yeah, the first, first round, dread. But as soon as that first, like, joke came up we all were having fun with it and we realized like yeah you can say really dumb jokes uh, it doesn't have to make sense and it'll be fine and yeah it was, I, we I just I, let go i try to model that <laughs> by joining in and also and shamelessly telling some terrible jokes but it is possible that that i'm part of the inspiration for this game but yeah there's something that happens <laughs> my, my daughter has a lot of confidence in that thing that happens after the first round because because it it doesn't matter what the group is or how well they know each other or not it, it really that first round yep there's a little bit of discomfort but after that you know almost without without uh, exception groups seem to just just relax and then and then their creative juices start flowing now I did play test it twice at Protospiel three times actually the second time the group was very serious. Oh no! And, and, and they they institute a rule, which is not a rule, which is that people could only tell one joke per round. They could you couldn't tell your B versions of your joke or your C versions of your joke. And and I can tell like there were there were people out to win, which is you know which is fun too. You know you can, you can play that way if you want to for sure. It's a very like fit it to how you want to do it. But with that, how did Protospiel Online help? with uh like feedback wise oh it, it was great it was great you know people gave us notes everything on adjustments to make to the topics the places where the instructions could be more or less clear um and even some some gameplay tips and then they did something that was really uncalled for when the last session hit or the you know the last time period at, at on sunday night hit and so it was almost midnight on the East Coast time, but of course I'm in Los Angeles, so it was much earlier for me, or three hours earlier. They, uh, the person who was hosting, said, "Okay, well, I don't know what to do right now." And I said, "Well, we could play dad jokes." And she said, "We're playing dad jokes," and and everybody who was left just sort of like hopped in and played for an hour, and it was it was raucous. It was people were you know again people were comfortable and a little bit loopy from from three days of protospiel. In that way. Proto Spiel did something beyond what what I could have could have asked. Right, they helped show the joy that the bring the the game could bring to to a community of people who are just who are just enjoying their time together. You know, again, because a lot a lot of Proto Spiel playtest sessions are fantastic for getting you that that you know again really specific you know down to like the way the cards are designed right or or variations in gameplay suggestions that are really wonderful but it means that that even though people are fun, having fun and playing that they're they're thinking critically throughout those sessions and it was and to, to have the honor of getting to be the game that 
people were playing just just to blow off steam at the end, you know, was was really, really nice and rewarding. And it was nice to be able to relay that back to the family about, you know, how much people had enjoyed that part of it, too. So it's, it's a great community, if I could say that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's perfect. What's your goal with it? Self-publish, pitch, print and play? Well, we've definitely designed it with with the idea of, of pitching it to uh, publishing companies. We, we, would, we would like somebody else to be the, the publisher. But absent that, we are happy to, to self-publish. You know, nice. So yeah, we just want we just want to get it out there, you know. But, oh yeah, but 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 again, it is it is it feels like the kind of game that would you know it's it's a nice whatever 108 card deck you know that's easy enough to stick in a box and put on a shelf somewhere it seems to me but yeah you know, we'll see. Real briefly, would you want to talk about your imposter game? A Absolutely, little, dive a little more into that. So in that game, um, you are invited to a a gala where a piece de resistance, some sort of masterpiece, is about to be unveiled by the artist of the moment. And what happens is uh, three works of art are randomly created and presented in front of you. And everybody but the poser receives a card that gives them, that tells them which work is the, the masterpiece. But the poser gets a different number. And so they think a different work of art is the masterpiece. And then in a series of rounds of questions that are, again, that are drawn out of a deck, uh, the, the person who's running that round will, will ask a question like, uh, through what eyewear would this painting peep? And then they'll give three different kinds of eyewear, like opera glasses, a monocle, or a pince-nez, or the little, the little glasses that go at the end of your nose. And then everybody answers about these abstract works of art sort of hinting at what they think the masterpiece is, although not wanting to be too obvious about which work of art they're pointing to because they don't know if they're a snob or if they're a poser. And again, they could be indicating to the other people that they have no idea what they're talking about art-wise because they, they are actually describing the wrong painting. So it's a, little, it's, it's a hidden role game where the roles are hidden by the people playing. But uh, as a result, it's supposed to be a little bit of a send up of, you know, just how silly the art world can be and how weird it is that people make each other feel bad for not knowing more about art. That is very interesting. Sounds fun. Sounds like an interesting, like social experiment, too, with it. Yeah. So yeah. what's your uh, goal there with that one? Have we gotten as far as goals with that one? You know, I guess I guess they're, it's a similar goal, similar goal. We, we would love Love to pitch it somewhere, but, you know, self-publish if, if necessary. We'll see. We'll see how okay. things go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about other games that you played? Could I have a one or two highlights of games you played at Protospiel Online? Okay. Well, I, I again, I, I love the games that I encountered, and, and they're always surprising and creative. So one, one of the favorite ones I played was called Pirates of the High Tees by Emily Vincent. It's a take-that-card game of baking and sabotage on the high seas. But what I really loved about this game is that you're, you're pirates <laughs> preparing teas and pairing those teas with, with foods and the descriptions of them and the number of pirate jokes involved. You know, it calls to mind this world of um, this t- television show, uh, Our Flag Means Death, even though she had never seen it. But it, it, it's kind of that, that type of pirate world that's sort of like, 
even though everybody's a pirate, they're 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 the fanciest of pirates there could be. <laughs> so so that one was was delightful. And this is my second time playing the amazing Cat Pageant by uh, Grant Van Nostrand. It was formerly called Cat Herders, and this is it's it's a, a game that occurs at a cat pageant where you're trying to get your your cats that you have in your hand to be the highest value cats, I guess you would say, as you're playing it. Anyway, another wonderful theme, perfectly absurd. Everybody loves cats. But of course, you know, a a game of of strategy, uh, numerical strategy, and and, uh, not so much bluffing, but yeah, I would say strategy. That sounds really cool. I love hearing that too with like, People just come up with very unique themes. We don't have to all do farming games, right? Like we don't need, we don't necessarily need those very dry. You could take like a dry thing and kind of spice it up in some way. Because I'm less uh, numerically oriented, right? There are people there who are definitely there for like the, you know, they said, I like to come up with the mechanisms of the game and then I throw a skin on it. You know, that's how a number of people characterize themselves. Whereas I guess I'm the opposite where like, like to me, the theme is the most delicious part. And so if you're coming up with like wacky cat names or tasty descriptions of meals that, that pirates would create savory pirate dishes or disgusting pirate dishes as the case may be. Yeah. Like to me, that's, you know, that's, that's, there's, there's so much joy in that. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, let's do some rapid fire getting to know you questions. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Fire away. Okay. Last published board game that you played. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Mysterium. Hobbies outside of board gaming. Well, I make lots of interactive things with my children and with, and other collaborators, uh, whether it's online collaborative writing projects called net Provs that I do with my one writing partner or making interactive stories about a magical foster care home with my children under the name, Mrs. Wobbles and the, Tangerine House. I've got a couple musicals I'm working on, um, and a, a VR project and an immersive theater project. I don't know. I guess I just like to make things in different forms. <laughs> I love that. Uh, favorite food? Uh, well, pizza came to mind. Although I'm sure you know, if, if I could afford it, lobster would probably knock it off quickly. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the the Italian American classic of pizza for sure. Topping though, you got to go topping with topping. Uh, you know. I, I don't know if, it, if this is a bad thing to say, but I'm, I'm a, a Hawaiian pizza lover. Although the ultimate pizza for me is a stuffed pizza that's sold in Chicago that's uh, stuffed with uh, what it, almost anything you'd like to stuff it with. Although I do like the veg- vegetarian ones with a, a spinach stuffed pizza from Chicago, from maybe Giordano's or, or one of the classic Chicago establishments. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a great choice. Uh, all right. Uh, favorite place you've traveled to? So this summer, I had the pleasure to go to uh, Italy, and I went to Florence. I love Florence, but I I spent a little bit of time in Cinque Terre, um, which are these five little towns that look like they're out of the Pixar movie Luca, where you can hike between on a a, a grapevine-laden trail, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Place you want to travel to. Did I have that on other people's way? Go for it. Well, uh, in a couple of months, I have a trip scheduled to go to New Zealand. So I, I want to go there and I, I will go there. And uh, oh, and I, someone has told me that the most beautiful city on earth 
several people have told me is the city of Cape Town. So I would like to see if that is true. They, they say it with a kind of certainty that people don't usually talk. So I, I, that, that would be worth testing out. Favorite weather and or season? I live in Southern California and I like 76 degrees <laughs> and sunny uh, or perhaps a little higher and sunny. And I very much like if you if you can get a spring that th- that's that temperature, I love it. Uh, but I also like the parts of the summer that are not overly humid or uh, miserable in that way. Yes. Do you play video games at all? I do play video games. Yes. Okay. What's a favorite? So as of late, I've been playing some VR style video games. There's a game called Virtual Virtual Reality made by Tenderclaw Studio, which is like a kind of a meta game that I that I really enjoy. I you know I also like interactive fiction. Some of the ones on my syllabus there, there's a game called uh, Isle. Some of these are games you might might only play once, but I very much enjoy it. Way back in the day, I was inspired by the by the adaptation of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to interactive fiction form, and that all even though it's a horrible game to play because the puzzles are impossible to guess, even if you've read the book, seen the television show, heard the radio show, that that game has a special place in my heart forever. Favorite movie and or TV show? Favorite movie, The un- Unbearable Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And um, if I, I don't even know if I've said the right words there at that point. <laughs> Favorite television show? I'm, I'm kind of on a Stranger Things kick right now. That, that I'm pretty sure that TV show was a love letter to my childhood. Down to the bikes, you know, Ghostbusters, Dungeons and Dragons, all the rest. Yes. So I guess... Currently, those would meet all the criteria. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. That's it. You you passed. Yeah, I passed. Hooray. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Riley. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining me. And uh, why don't you go ahead and plug your social media, website, whatever you want to plug. Okay. Almost everywhere on the interwebs, uh, you could find me at Mark C. Marino. I almost always use that handle. For the Marino family things, we've inspired by Riley, we've started a Discord. We have our own family family Discord, um, and uh, and then for the NetProvs and interactive collaborative games, I do that through Meanwhile NetProv Studios, uh, so that that's easily found on the internet. And of course, for the our children's writing projects, we tend to and some of the family games, actually the the dad jokes game, Twitter at least we're at MC Marino underscore Kids is where you can find us. So so th- Riley, thank you so much for for having me and, and thanks so much for what you do building community. Uh, I think I love, I love the spirit of this whole podcast and I think it's a, it's a tremendous uh, contribution to, to board gaming in general. Thanks. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so welcoming back Heather Newton from Protospiel online. She is the organizer. How'd it go for you? It was a really good event this last January. Lots of things happening that I'm really happy to see, such as we've created a game called Shout Out a Palooza that the people who uh, get registered and they decide to join into their team's special like Discord channel can compete to win a prize that is like a handmade thing from me. So even even the uh, moderators who get free badges have something to win and a reason to participate. And we had really increased from uh, 
August, I'm sorry, was the last one, really increased participation in Shout Out of Palooza, where it was just this waterfall of love and people being excited about each other's games and things going on in e- with each other's other kind of product projects and thanking each other for the help and advice they're getting when they play test. So it's just, it really creates the vibe that I was going for at this event, even though we're separated, right? It feels like we're getting that, getting to know each other, getting to know about each other's projects, remembering each other better because we're looking, like thinking of the person's name to thank them later. You know what I mean? Which kind of solidifies the connection. <laughs> so yeah. it's really, really good to see. Shout out to Palooza, super active. I think the most active it's been, it's, I think it was about January, 2022 when I first built that whole system. So it's good to kind of see it coming into its own. I got to, we're going to talk about this, but I got to play about 20 games. And that's sort of the reason that I <laughs> do Protospiel Online at all is that that's one of my primary reasons is that I love to be able to play test and it's gotten harder for me since COVID to travel to the area of the country where most of the in-person Protospiels happen. So I st- I'm glad that I get to have this. It used to be the case that I would be putting out a bunch of technical fires on like Friday and Saturday of the event, and I wouldn't really get to play games the whole time. But these last two, especially because I always give a big shout out to David Masnado, who's come on as a co-organizer and has started taking care of a lot of those things in advance that used to create trouble for me. So uh, in August and January, both, it's, it's a consistent pattern that I've been able to really play test the whole time. And um, a lot of comedy, as you'll see, was coming through in the games that I played this time. We had fewer attendees in August, and but we sold more badges because, or we sold more badges that people paid money for because in August we had a partnership with Tabletop Mentorship Program and we gave completely free badges. But we found that when we gave free badges, there was less participation. <laughs> and less money that we made so that that's a uh it makes it harder for me to pay the moderators and pay the charities and everything like that that goes along with running the event and pay for the uh tech and software and stuff that runs the event yeah. so um i think that i i really love partnering with tabletop mentorship program and i think i'll do it again but the badges probably will not be completely free so that People don't just grab it because they can, but they grab it because they want to, but it'll just be cheaper. And also we have uh, scholarships anyway. So as part of that too, like if the people, if there's someone who it's sti- like, they really do want to come, but they still can't afford a 50% off badge or whatever we'd go with. Well, we can say kind of in conjunction with that scholarships are available. Which I say as much as I can, (laughs) and people don't apply for them very often, but please do that if you, if the only reason you're not coming to Protospiel Online is that you don't have the budget for the badge, that should never be a reason for you to be left out of the situation. We have the scholarship and it's very short application process (laughs) to get it. And I'm also fine with people using it multiple, multiple events in a row. Yeah. Well, and that's part of being inclusive, right? Is you don't. You don't price people out. That's, but I also find that, like you were saying, right, with sales, is that if you give somebody a free trial, if you give somebody kind of like, here, come and do this for free, they don't mm-hmm. value it as much as if they put their own money into it. Right. And so yeah. that makes a lot of sense. It's hard for them to pr- prioritize it 
Yeah, exactly. And the way we can tell that there was more, more participation, I couldn't tell you the numbers right off the top of my head, but we have a way of counting how many playtests happen. Not exact numbers, but it was something like 130 in August, and it was more like 160, 168 in January. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's what you care <laughs> about, right? Is that that participation. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's always really it's I'm really glad that we can count it easily now. That's been um that's something that my husband has started helping with is mm, yeah, building various things that help us track our KPIs more easily, uh, our key performance indicators more easily. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Fancy business terms, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feels legit. I mean, it is legit. This is uh, I loved coming on or you know, coming in just hanging out in the chat sometimes I would pop in my headphones and chill in coffee chat while I was doing chores. And sometimes I'd chime right. in or sometimes I'd just listen on mute to people just having a good time and laughing. And it, mm -hmm. it's such a cool community that you have built here. So Thank bravo. You. Yes. I, I enjoy being in it myself. Yes. Do you want to start talking? I know you have 20 games. Do you want to start <laughs> Yes. Rattling those off. <laughs> let, me, let me try to be brief as I can. Yeah. And I, I, I also like to play my own bingo game and I keep track of it on a bingo card and also I journal it. So I have the list like in uh, chronological order that I can spit out. So Friday, first game I played was Turkey Trial by Jonathan Chaffer, who is somebody that the very first time I went to an in-person protospiel, play tested my like mystery party game from way back then and has been a really fast designer friend, like one of my oldest designer friends. So it's aw always awesome to get to try Jonathan stuff. And he makes a lot of um, 18 card puzzle games. That's what the turkey trial is. And it was super adorable. It was about a turkey trying to escape their fate on the Thanksgiving table and all, all barn animals and stuff. It would be a great family game. And then um, Panoramax, which was from uh, Todd and Julian Beck. It was their first time coming. And this is a abstract game, I would say. <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe it. That um, area control is the general thing, but it's pretty different than your usual area control. You're trying to make a line on a, you know, a square grid that touches two sides, three sides, I think. So... In a way, it's area control, but it's not really like an area. You're trying to do a line that goes across this board. And it has a volcano in the center and a really interesting mechanic of layering these three cards together that have holes in them to determine where your pieces are going to fall. It's difficult to describe verbally, <laughs> for sure, but it's a pretty unique game. And then um, Wordsmiths by David Kessler, which was kind of a... You build an acrostic secretly and then you guess each other's words so you kind of do like a wordle thing almost with each other to build a whole acrostic that the other person built that's how you win so you recreate the other person's secret acrostic and that one's kind of like new stages um may change it was instead of wordle it was like arrows you told when you when the person guessed you said it's not that letter but it's later in the alphabet by putting an arrow under it and then Bubble Net was from Cat Dreyer of Dreyer Inc. I think the most like notable thing about this one is that Cat does watercolor art. And so the board was this like beautiful whale. It, it's about whales making a bubble net to drive fish the direction they want to. And it's like 
really a solo game that you can just both play at the same time. You each have your own board, moving things around. Yeah, you you but you're making different decisions on your board than the other person. So it's kind of like a roll and write, but there's a board instead of writing. And then Pirates of the High Tees from Emily Vincent was an example of this comedy theme <laughs> that I called out before. It's just like full of it's your your pirates creating foppish snacks and fighting each other, like uh, sabotaging each other's dishes and such. Uh, that was a really fun experience. And we came to that one was good, too, because we helped Emily kind of get past a break um, blocker where one part of the game was really taking way too long. And we suggested a few like things to make it more simultaneous. And now there will be sword fighting, which, of course, there's pirates or that's at least the next plan. <laughs> I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Then um, Russian Doll by Tanner Simmons is something that Tanner's been bringing for a long time. It's a, it's kind of evolved from a trick-taking game now into more of a bidding game. And this whole stacking mechanic with the dolls have numbers one through five and the five is bigger and you have limited space to keep them in front of you and you the way that you move them is like bigger ones have to go on smaller ones. And then again... I played this one twice, <laughs> was by Zoe Allred, who you've had on your show a few times. It was Velociraptor. So this is a game about dinosaurs playing human games as a coping mechanism for their impending doom from being hit by a meteor. And it's just, uh, it doesn't really have rules. It's more of a LARP almost, or like a... a RPG kind of you each person has a coping mechanism they're assigned and Zoe will tell you well if there's any way to win or if there's any rule the way you win is by doing your coping mechanism effectively and so for example one of my coping mechanisms was interact with the space around you and the screen top table that Zoe built has like a chess set and like other cards and and so I just like everybody else is trying to play a game and I'm like making a pretty pattern with the chess pieces and they're trying to, you know, ask for my help. And I'm like, oh, do you need something? Okay, here you go. And it just creates hilarious chaos. Like even on screen top, it's hilarious. I imagine in real life, super duper hilarious. And um, then Little Succulents by Jay Ben Dixon and Ryan Boucher, who... Um, Jay has come before and also has a game called Stoked that's been getting some play in contests and stuff. But uh, Ryan, I don't think, was on the call with me, but he's a co-designer. And this one is about, it's a tableau builder about creating a beautiful succulent garden on your porch. And uh, there's a me mechanism for watering them, and then the water can turn into leaves. And it also has a money tree, and that's how you buy your plants. <laughs> It's the way the money tree grows. And that was a hilarious experience as well. Even though the game is not comedy, the two people that I played it with were this brother and sister from like the East Coast, and they were just busting each other's chops and like kept insisting that a rule was a certain way that it, they had been told three times it wasn't. And stuff like that. It was like... <laughs> but luckily, uh, Jay thought it was hilarious and I did too. So it all worked out. But um, lots of things learned from that. So that was Friday. <laughs> now there's two more days to go. <laughs> it's a lot of good uh, games in one day, though. Yeah, I had I had a, a really fun time the whole weekend, too. So then, wow, this was Saturday, eh? 
I don't remember this being like first thing in the morning. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Did I skip something? Oh, that wasn't Friday. Sent. Okay, I missed my heading. That was Friday in the first half of Saturday, which makes sense. Okay. Now I'm turning like, the page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Pirates of the High Tees was my first one on Saturday morning. So go that far back. And then, yeah, so it helped me because I was like, I could, I can, I have a very vivid memory of playing this next game. And I was like, I could have sworn this was in the evening. <laughs> so <laughs> um, this was, it's complicated by Jack Rostree. And I'm going to pause for a second to tell more of a story about this one because how this began was we have a looking for a game channel. I'm not sure if it's already been described on your podcast, but you can post your game through like using a form on our website. It pops into the Discord server. And if people want to play it, they put a thumb up. And part of what you say there, it's it's kind of a form you fill out that's everything you're asking for in the play test. And so there's a section that says looking for. And normally people write testing out this mechanic to see if it's broken, seeing how it works with five players or what whatever it is. And in this case, uh, Jack Rosetree posted looking for Matthew Hawker and one masochist or two masochists. <laughs> and Matthew had already put his thumb on it. And I was like, me, I'm the second one. I'm the, I'm the one masochist. I made it. And um, when we got into the table, this is a game that the whole conceit of it is that I wish I could quickly find even what Jack said there in the conceit, but it's a game that is takes longer to learn how to play than to play that manages to be kind of a good game, even though it's made out of problems. It like it's a two player only game. So you play four games at the same time and they're called like politics and that's five card draw (laughs) and science and that's shoots and ladders and like military is a simplified version of chess and, uh, resource man just having resources like a track where you just track resources but then there's all these rules like if you get a six and you get you roll three different color of dice and then once you place one of those dice on a card only only dice of that color can be on a card and like you can change the wind condition by placing a dice over here and it's just <laughs> chaotic it took me yeah i i don't usually have to say okay give me a minute I'm going to read these by myself. Don't talk to me. And I kind of had to do that with this game. <laughs> and uh, Matthew declared, if anybody's met Matthew Hawker, he's a hilarious person. He's the main admin of Break My Game Discord server and um, also on the board for Break My Game's um, nonprofit and everything. But uh, he declared, okay, this is going to be for control of Protospiel Online. <laughs> I am the chosen one, not Heather. <laughs> and <laughs> Um, the game can end in a few ways at the most it'll be four rounds and then it'll automatically like end the chaos but you also can end the game without control without having control in all four games if you just can have the majority if you place a die in a certain place and yeah without (laughs) explaining all of the ridiculous rules I like Matthew squeezed me out of all options, which made me able to set the win condition and just win (laughs) in the first round, (laughs) in the first round. And Uh, I won, I won with like an ace high full house in politics, quote unquote politics. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, yeah, I'm never going to forget. That was hilarious. That's great to hear because Jack 
I think is the first interview in this. Okay. So they did say something to that effect that, you know, one of the games right. they won in the first turn, but it was fun. right. You're getting, yeah, you're getting the whole story, the story from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that it's like a, it could be a one or two page print and play actually. After all I'm saying here, if you just, as long as you have some different colored dice and a chess set around, which a lot of people do, um, it could just be a print and play. Well, and a deck of cards. Yeah. Most people have it. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. And that's what's funny about it is that you're playing four games at once. But even somebody who's not really a gamer is probably generally familiar with all of those things that you're playing because each of them are really simple and things that people have seen. So it also it just could really it it serves as such a hilarious joke of just what it's like to play test a game because I've I've literally play tested games where people have said that's that really it, you're, we're going to play four games at once. You know what I mean? But they mean it seriously. <laughs> so, um, especially for gamers and people who play test a lot, it's especially funny that Matthew and I were playing it, both of us running play testing servers. And literally we got to the end and we were like, I have no suggestions. Like <laughs> it did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was pretty amazing. Boiling Point is also another really funny game. That one's from Richard Day. And also there's two more designers, but Richard's generally the one that brings it to show at Protospiel. It's about crustaceans trying to crawl out of a boiling pot of water and attack the chefs that are trying to cook them with the aid of crustacean spirits from long ago, you know, giving them powers or whatever. And that's what you're playing. Um, as the players, as these crustacean spirits with your like special abilities. And it's just chaotic and ridiculous. And I played Velocirapture again, because why not? It's it. Oh, you also play that on a timer. That's <laughs> it's like the meteor is coming. So you do this craziness until ding, <laughs> until the meteor comes and then it's over for you. <laughs> Fun. I'm so and, sad I didn't get to try that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, Hopefully Zoe will bring it back. Maybe you can try it later. Yeah. But yeah, it's a quick thing to try. And it's it's fun to play it with different groups of people and see the different uh, coping mechanisms that come out. And then Sleuthy Sloss, which I also ended up playing twice by Emily LaRoche. Um, Emily makes a lot of... Emily is a great artist and works in animation and stuff in her day job. So her games are always really pretty and also is a really talented game designer that like Generally, the first time I play one of her games, it works. And sometimes I'll even say, this this has legs. She's like, it's not good enough. No, I'm probably going to just show this one. <laughs> but, um, and that's her prerogative. But Sleuthy Sloths is a deduction game where, oh gosh, it's this one's hard to describe verbally too. But one of the sloths has stolen a costume. You're trying to figure out which of them it is. And they're in a grid. They're labeled with the early numbers of the al alphabet and the late and late numbers of the alphabet. So like the ABCD is orange and the R RSTU, I think, is blue. And you're trying to find that combo of letters and you've all been dealt a couple of them. And then you'll put a marker down on the grid and ask a certain person, like, how many of these of the things in this row or column do you have in your hand? But then there's also this wrinkle of to make it possible for five people to play it, uh, you might have an all yes or all no. Like, I'm always going to say 
yes, I have the orange one or no, I don't have the orange one or always, yes, I do have the blue one or no, I don't have the blue one. And that (laughs) makes it really brain burning. (laughs) There's a lot of like sitting and thinking and like really you have to take really careful notes about what you hear other people say they do and don't have. So it's also funny in a certain way of just how much your brain is burning and everybody is having that experience together, you know, even though it's got like really cute sloths on it. (laughs) So it's deceiving. So that's Saturday. And then Sunday, I played, I did not play, but I watched a game called Dreams and Beyond by Zach Bessler, which the idea of this game is a progressive game for teaching board games to young children. and. Uh, I think it's just a really interesting concept where one box will have sort of the progression from a Candyland-like game to up to worker placement and all of our fancy mechanics (laughs) that we play as board gamers. And that the child will, uh, once they have mastered a certain mechanic phase, more parts can be added in. To now we're kind of playing a resource management game and a tiling game and stuff like that. And I said, man, adults need this too. It's not just for kids. It's a great concept for onboarding new gamers as well. So I'm really excited to see where that project goes. Castles of the Conqueror was a roll and write by uh, Sean Ball. A, it's like a Twilight Inscription-like roll and write. The main thing I'm taking away from that game is it was a, an amazing screen top implementation for a roll and write. Basically, Sean built it so you flip things over to fill out spaces and areas on your very complicated roll and write board. It was hard to parse everything that was going on. It was a very complicated one, but it's about building rooms in a castle. Questabelle by uh, Kirsten Lund is, was a winner of Bez's uh, LDEC design contest and now is being developed to get ready to uh, include or publish in as part of like what you can do with the LDEC, which for people who don't know what that is, it's a deck of cards that each card has two letters on it as well as like a suit. And it's made to be like a di- new kind of deck of cards where you can play lots of different games with this one deck. And the one you can play on like BGA is called Couple. I think it's a cooper- two-player cooperative game potentially if I... Uh, if I remember right, but Questabelle is a like a it's kind of inspired by the crew where you're playing a series of uh, challenges as a cooperative thing. And it's about built like different challenges of building words together. So I'm really excited. I actually didn't even know that was going on. Like these are two of my good friends. I didn't realize they were partnering. So that was really cool to get to see. Then Hamper Scamper was like a really, really fast one from Joachim because I hadn't been able to play any of his games. And it's a you take things that have you have a grid of things that have different characteristics like they're it's about putting your laundry in the hamper and whoever puts the last piece of laundry in the hamper is going to have to carry it downstairs so you don't want to be the one who takes the last piece and it's like different kinds of clothing different colors so you can say like i'm going to take all of the yellow ones right now and then maybe there's you know two shirts yeah now i'll say i'll take shirts and you try to take them in a way that it's going to leave and it took like five minutes to play. It's a really just funny, silly, abstract game. It, it, it used to be a completely abstract game. And somebody at Protospiel helped Joachim think of a this theme. And I think the theme makes it into a really funny game um, instead of an abstract. And then I played Sleuthy, Sleuthy Sloths again. La, 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 tongue twister. 
Arachnid by Roger Malosh is a uh, cooperative game about uh, spiders in a silo trying to escape uh, the Hoover, <laughs> trying to launch a missile before the Hoover comes and gets them and has a lot of like um, AI controlled uh, other kinds of insects and stuff coming after them. Dad Jokes was a chaotic time in LFG from Mark Marino, which is just a party game about getting prompts to make up dad jokes, and then the judge picks the best one. And again, the amazing cat pageant was chaos and LFG on Sunday night. Um, that's about brackets. It's like kind of a, a game that very young kids could play to learn about brackets, but it's cats that you're pitting. pitting like, just which one do you like the best is basically, and it's completely arbitrary. Um, and then the last one of the night, and I was up until like, 3 a.m. doing this. Uh, uh, Kirsten is in New uh, New Zealand, right? So as one of our overnight mods, I played uh, Witch's Quarrel with her, and Shanti Shanti is the uh, designer who has a new infant and was also up until 3 a.m. on infant duty. So <laughs> I had an especially late night, and Witch's Quarrel is like a progressive deck builder, two-player only. So it's kind of created to meet that need of like a couple who wants to play a campaign story type thing, but it's such a pain to find two other people to pl play a campaign with. So it's like just something you could play just you and your spouse or partner. Um, yep. And that was it. So how'd I do? Did I keep us sort of in time or is I'm, I'm going like crazy way over? No, that was, that was great. Yeah. You had so many <laughs> games to cover. You are totally good. Yeah. It sounds like a, good bunch of games like every single one of those i would love to uh, have played uh yeah so it just so cool to see all that diversity of like different types of games different ideas right. serious tone uh you know jokey tone or, or yeah a lot of creative themes coming yeah. through i think and yeah i laughed a lot for sure do you ever wish that you could bring something you've worked on do you ever do something like that well, the I would say the convention myself is something that I've worked on. <laughs> like the <True. laughs> like I said, basically at the beginning I said I'm excited about Shout Out to Palooza working and that's a game that I designed and also, you know, all the me mechanizations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How to uh, like figure out who wins and keep everybody up to date. Uh will my husband made a bot that can like update everybody on like this is how you're doing like hearts is winning right now oh the teams are named after the suits the yeah. four suits so like okay diamonds in the lead now now hearts and actually i had fun watching people were really getting into it and talking amongst their team like oh no they got another one we you know <laughs> like especially uh, uh derwent from is from the one of our participants from the uk has a game the game he's brought the most is called um Oh, a taste for the king, I think. It's a pressure luck game about being the king and trying not to get poisoned eating a meal. Derwent like kept notes like I did and then poured them all in to shout out a Palooza the, the day or so after the event ends because we keep it open for three days. So you have you don't have to be doing this and distracted by it like while you're trying to participate in the convention. Same with bingo and all of our metagames. So when they saw that Derwent had put a ton in there, they were like, okay, we can't let Derwent down, like the Hearts team. So they were like, okay, I'll think of something else to shout out. <laughs> and they were really like getting into the spirit of the competition, which I think might be the first time I've really seen people do that. So that was exciting to see. So that was the result of my playtest yeah. this time. That's great. 
It was fun to see those, by the way. I I loved seeing them, and I kept thinking, yeah. I need, even though the event's over, I still need to like jump in on this. And I just, oh, you absolutely didn't. can. I should have, but yeah, if you if you want to, you can. But the other, I guess, I did make a game uh, this time, really, really, because the game crafter had a single card challenge that I knew was going to open me up to receive a $200 credit for the game crafter if I would just put something in and it's only a single card. And I actually have two different game crafter accounts, one that Protospiel Online owns and one for myself. And so I made a game for each of those. Like oh. in the and it was due like the 9th of January and Protospiel Online was the 13th through 15th. So uh, actually voting was open. Community voting was open during Protospiel. The, what I what I made for Protospiel people is a new kind of plug-in to the experience of Bingo and that uses our teams and our secret identities that go, like you learn your secret identity inside the Discord server when you join your team. And again, that's a whole like thing I built and it was hard to build and it would be harder to remove and people haven't really used the secret identities. So the idea of this was I leave them in there because it would be harder to remove them just to leave them. Uh, but but I think it's I think they're funny. Then it was a lot of work to set it all up. So I was looking for a way to use it better. So now we have like a single card that you can print the print and play of it. You could get like nine in a, on a sheet. It's all the same card, though. And uh, it's a, it gives you a place to fill out games you've played from people who are on those teams. So like as you play a person's game, you ask them, what team are you on? What's your secret identity? And then you you can kind of make a keepsake for yourself like, oh, these are four games I played. Um, and I also let people, it was kind of a play test to see if I should let people fill out more than one card or if it's like you get one card and that's it. So what I told people is you can fill out multiple cards and I played myself. I play tested it myself as in addition to my bingo card, I filled this out. You can fill out multiple cards, but one full card is like a bingo pattern. Consider it a bingo pattern when you're saying how many bingos you got and every two of them, just like on bingo is one entry. Um, into our drawing. So I really expanded how many entries you could get. And Derwin also did this kind of play test of this for, for us. And we did the live stream giveaway uh, last weekend. Derwin had, like, I don't remember the number David Masnado said. Uh, he helps me co-host that. But it was over 100 entries. He's like, so it's we have this many entries. This many of them are Derwin. So he'll be winning something. <laughs> But he was like the fourth name we finally drew on our wheel of names. So, but yeah, he got ex a, a lot of extra bingos and stuff from also doing the, um, we called it confid ID -ential cards. So it's like uh. hard to confidential cards, but it's like spelled with like ID prominent. Yeah. Clever. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So there, that's a game that I made. Cool. Um, and brought. Yeah. You the other. Lots. Yeah, the other game I made was um, for kind of to go with open house mystery parties. And maybe I could, I'm kind of thinking of a way if I use GatherTown, I might be able to let people play that digitally. So maybe I will have figured out how to do that. And I will do that at a protospiel someday. Yeah. Hey, a goal for maybe next time, which maybe. could bring us to uh, the next protospiel online. When's that happening? That one is May 5th through 7th. Um, badges just went on sale for that. If you're an alumni, make sure to look inside. So meaning you've attended before, make sure to look inside the Discord server for your discount code. 
to get a little off. And I would say too, um, a lot of people like to get their badge right before the event. Something that I can call out that's nice for you, especially if you're new, it's a good idea to get the badge earlier. We do have a very open refund policy. If you really, if you think you can come and then it turns out you can't, you can get a refund or push to the next event as long as you talk to me before the event starts on the Thursday before it starts. If you join early, there's a lot to read and learn about how to make the most of the event. And you also get to join your team as soon as you're registered and in the Discord server so you can start getting to know the people who are on your team for this time um, and talking to them if you start earlier. Yeah, I think it's a good idea, especially if you're new, not to get it the last minute because it will probably be pretty overwhelming for you to wrap your head around how everything works if you buy like you've never come before and you buy on like Friday of the event. (laughs) Yeah, You can do it, but it might be a little stressful for you. It'd be better for you if you buy it sooner. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and plug what you got? Social medias, website, all that stuff. And of course, a lot of this will be listed in the episode description. Well, yeah. And thank you very much, Riley, for being one of our special guests. I also felt like that went great uh this time we had a lot more audience yours and um we also had nicole amato and uh anna maria phelps and like there was a lot more audience participation this time than there was last time so we felt really good about how it went and we feel like we're on the right track and i really appreciate you being part of that so thanks for um, including me by the way that was so (laughs) much it was really really fun i was so nervous but nicole uh oh fendi who was your yes uh yeah so part of the reason it worked better is that the moderators who ran those were not us, not the organizers. We thought we should take care of it to be good to our guests last time. But then I think it made everybody feel like they shouldn't talk over us because we're like important, <laughs> the, the organizers. So we found different moderators who were really, their focus was to get people to encourage people to talk to you and they weren't the organizers. So Nicole Fendi was one, the one that um, was your host. Yeah. Yeah. And she did great. That was it made it so much more comfortable for me because I was so nervous about <laughs> it. But it was it was great. And I loved listening to the other two. I didn't get to listen to all of Friday's. Um, Nicole Amato's. Nic- yeah, Nicole Amato's. Yeah. But yeah, that one was exciting awesome. because Nicole is at Kickstarter and clearly people were really excited for that topic. Uh, David told me we were getting close to the limit you can have on one Discord call in that oh, room. It whoa. was a huge list of people. So that was exciting, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was I thought that was really cool. Just for the like 15 minutes I was in it. I was like, oh, <laughs> of course, I have something scheduled during this time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the way it goes, right? That's uh, life. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so our website is protospiel.online, P-R-O-T-O-S-P-I-E-L dot online. And our uh, uh, name everywhere on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is uh, Protospiel O. Great. Well, thank you again for coming on. And thanks for hosting Protospiel Online. It's it's an absolute blast. People, go go check it out. (laughs) Well, thanks for hosting this podcast, Riley. I can say the same for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Board Game Community Show. Protospiel Online is happening very soon again. There's three events a year, so be sure to go to their website, check it out. You can find links in the episode description. But the next one is May 5th, and I think it's May 5th, 6th, and 7th. So go check it out. You can still sign up and play some games. It it really is fun, It's and it's a great community, as you can 
hear, as you already heard from the episode, the interviews and the conversations. Thank you to everybody who came on. I had a great time chatting with y'all. I'm sorry that it took so long to get out. Life happens. Obviously, even my episode 100, the big 100, got delayed two months. So uh, thank you for your patience. And I, I look forward to seeing your games develop even more and get out there in the world and for people to be enjoying them. Uh, if, if you're interested in designing, go check out ProSpiel Online. You don't even need to bring a game. Just go and sign up and play them. You can follow me at Riled Nerd on social media, on Twitter is my main thing. Friend Info Adventure Co., the Bunkers and Badasses actual play podcast. That's something that I have been absolutely loving doing. It's it's a real treat. This last episode that came out, episode 37, is a very funny one. And uh, you don't really need much context uh, other than it's it's funny. And uh, so you can go check that out. I uh, I would appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Oh, I am on now on the Tabletop Express's Discord. They have a channel for me there. I've been in there for a little while. And uh, and you can come and interact with me there. I, I have my own channel, so you can see updates when new episodes post and talk to me directly there if you'd like. As well as there's so many other cool content creators there. I mean, Chris, Ryan, and everybody over there at the Tabletop Express is amazing this is such a good community that they've built there so i will put an ep- uh i'll put a link in the episode description you can go click on it but it'll expire after seven days just uh kind of you know do that to make sure to keep bots and whatnot from finding it down the road oh i don't know if you could hear that cat meowing but that means i gotta go so until next time keep nerding out Thank you.